welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And we just saw the new Thor movie. It's called Thor Love and Thunder. And Matt's going to tell us what it's about. So Thor is hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's gotten himself back into shape uh, from uh, as the Taika Watiti uh, narration goes at the beginning. He's gone from dad bod to god bod. <laughs> And he has some adventures with them and then decides to go their separate ways. Uh, Meanwhile, Thor's old flame, Jane Foster, who's like this super smart scientist, uh, she turns out she has cancer and is is dying. And (laughs) Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, calls out to her and she becomes the mighty Thor and meets up with him on New Asgard, which is a little coastal community uh, on Earth where the Asgardians have gone to after their homeworld was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, also in the mix is Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, who starts out, we see in the first, like I think it's the first scene in the movie, he and his daughter are like the last two people left of their race. And their world is dying or dead, and his daughter dies. And then he ends up meeting up with one of their purported gods who shows no empathy toward him at all. So Gore kills him with a sword that is a god-killing sword. And then he goes on this mission to kill all the gods, I guess, in, in the universe. So that's... Believe it or not, that's just basically your setup <laughs> for Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot going on in this movie. I don't know, as you're explaining it, it, it is a lot. But I don't know, I think the movie does a pretty good job of setting everything up. And mm. um, it, it, as ridiculous as it all is, it, it all kinds of make, kind of makes sense in the, in the movie. Uh, and this movie is pretty ridiculous, Um it's hard not for for me not to compare this to the previous film Thor Ragnarok, which is one of my favorite Marvel films. Um, I think that movie balanced the the humor a little better with the drama. Um, this one, to me, tilts a little too far into the ridiculous and silly, and so that when there are the scenes, the dramatic scenes, I don't know, it, tonally it just didn't really work for me. Um, yeah, there are, there are times when this movie is just like kind of so over the top, and then with the with the rock and roll music, there's a lot of uh, Guns and Roses um, in this in this movie, which which I like. I liked the use of those songs, but that paired with kind of just the silliness of it, at times it reminded me of um, Flash Gordon, the old movie, just in its campiness and um, the rock and roll sensibility. It was just kind of I didn't expect to think about that when I went into this movie. Um, so I liked it. Okay. Um, it's, it's not as good. I don't think as its predecessor, but, um, I think there's a lot to, you know, to recommend it. I had a smile on my face the whole time. I didn't really laugh a lot like I did in the, with the previous film. And I think the movie's trying to be funnier than it actually is. But, uh, but overall I, I had a good time. So I really like this movie. <laughs> Uh, going into it, I guess I was a little concerned about, you know, is it going to have a good tonal balance between the funny and the serious? I think it does. I think it balances the humor with the serious moments uh, quite well. 
And I'll be honest with you, there were a couple of parts, particularly toward the end, where I almost got a little, well, I was, I was a little teary-eyed. So the the quiet moments did work for me. I did sense a bit of restlessness in our audience, though, during some of the more serious scenes. So I don't know. I don't know whether what that was about or whether our audience was maybe wanting this to be more funny or action-y. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Ryan, Ryan reader, but it worked for me. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, it's been noted before by folks. He's actually a really good, he's a really good sense of comedy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good with the, with the, with the funny moments here. Uh, Natalie Portman is good in this. She, she, I have, she doesn't have a lot to do, in my opinion. There's not a great deal of, aside from a couple of moments, there's not a great deal of depth to her character in this movie. She oscillates between, the oh I'm dying of cancer scenes or I'm super badass with the uh, Mjolnir. Um <laughs> that's really her two settings in this film except for a couple of moments. Um and 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 full disclosure, I have not seen the first two Thor movies. So those are the two I think that she was in. So but they catch you up here. Uh there's a couple of flashback moments that are fine. They may be the only couple of parts of the movie that I think are a little stand out in the sense that they do sort of grind the movie to a halt so they can catch you up on, on like, you know, for example, Thor and Jane Foster's romance and how that ended up. I think Christian Bale is quite good as Gore the God Butcher. I think, you know, the scenes he was in are some of the best. I mean, he, you know, he's bringing it, right? Um, he's, even though I say I like the tone, I think it balances the, the tones here well. Christian Bale is so good. He's almost in a different movie. <laughs> you know, uh, he, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, this has some cool cameos, you know, that some of the Thor movies often have little cameos from, there's, for whatever reason, Asgardians like to watch plays. And so there's always been some cameos in their plays. Like the actors in the, in the plays are usually famous actors uh, to us. So, you know, keep a lookout for those. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm just going to say it right now. They're not really in this movie much. So don't, you know, go into this movie expecting them to be around for very long. Um, yeah, it is. I think they do lean into the comedy a bit more here than Thor Ragnarok. Again, though, I mean, I think that worked. I laughed, I mean, audibly several times. Um, this movie is very gay. It's, and I say <laughs> that as a gay man. This movie is, is like, very gay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But, uh, you know, it's cool. Whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad the, the dramatic scenes worked uh, for you. I, I really didn't feel any emotion. Like, you know, at the end, when it's obvious you're supposed to be feeling some emotions, uh, it, it just didn't work on me. Um, and I don't, and I haven't seen those first two Thor movies either. Um, maybe if I had the relationship between um, Thor and Jane Foster would have had a little more impact. But to me, they didn't really have a lot of chemistry. I, I didn't really feel much um I wasn't really invested in that relationship very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's a problem. I agree with you about Christian Bale. Um, he's fantastic in this and very creepy. Um, and you're right, it is almost like 
he's coming from another another movie because he's very dark and uh, very creepy. Whereas the rest of the movie is so light and and frivolous. Um, so yeah, that contrast is part of the problem I think that I that I have with the movie. But the the, the real problem I have is just those those scenes, those dramatic scenes that just didn't work on me. I think like they should have. Um, there's some really great visuals. Uh, there's this movie is just packed with CGI, and I mean, there's the scene when they go to Omnicity, I think is how they were pronouncing it. It's the the city where all the gods hang out, mm. and that was eye popping visually. Um, very interesting to see all the different gods, and so that was a lot of fun. So you know, visually, there's a lot to to take in and enjoy, uh, but. Can I just say, you know, and, and <clears throat> I know I'm overthinking it and I'm just still, you know, still confusing a little bit. Like, so the way the gods are represented in the MCU, I mean, so, so in reality, right, gods were, you know, these mythologies were created by, by people to explain the world and explain things and also to, you know, assuage a fear of death, right? <clears throat> And also, I mean, frankly, to, to keep a bit of order, you know. But the, here's the thing. I mean, if, if you're going to create like, you know, like the MCU has, you're going to have this, you know, this reality here. Um, and let's say there are Asgardians, right? Technically speaking, there shouldn't be other gods. Because according to the, to the Norse mythology, I mean, these are the gods. And, this is, and they are the ones that, you know, they're, they're the gods, right? But no, we have... Um, we have, uh, I mean, Zeus is in this. I mean, so you have Greek gods. Um, <clears throat> there are other gods in that, in that, in that uh, city or whatever you're just mentioning. There's all sorts of different gods there. It looks to be like some, some gods from the Asian area. There's some, I think, that are supposed to be Mexican gods. Ancient Egyptian gods. Ancient Egyptian. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, not all these gods can't <laughs> exist. Hey, we're, we're in the world of superheroes. <clears throat> and in this world... Gods coexist. Gods from all cultures coexist yeah. and, are, I, and are real. I just wanted to mention it. It's just something that <laughs> I, I don't want to get caught up in it. And I know it's all fantasy, but, you know, it's just like I. I, I it's a, I think it's a very strange aspect of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. I, it's very strange. Yeah. But, uh, okay, we accept it, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in, in last year's movie Eternals, I mean, that basically Marvel has created its own set of gods with mm-hmm. the with the. Uh, whatever they're called. I don't know. Whoever the Eternals answer to, I don't mm-hmm. remember their names now, but like Erishim, I think is one of them. But I mean, these are like sort of the creators of these. I, I don't know. It all gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> there is a little thing in here and, and you know, this is mildly spoilery, but not really. So I don't think this won't, this won't ruin the movie for you, but it, it did kind of make me kind of go like, <laughs> <laughs> and that is they weaponized children in this movie. Mm. And I'm not sure what I think of that. But, I mean, I, I think we're supposed to think it's a pretty kick-butt scene. But I was sitting there like, okay. Yeah, I, I felt a little uncomfortable with that, too. And it's almost played, you're right, like it's supposed to be kick-butt, like you said. Or it's kind of played for laughs, um, the way some of the kids become powerful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny um yeah that made me a little uncomfortable as well yeah so you know i don't know 
Yeah. And I was also thinking that it was unusual for kids to be in peril to this degree mm-hmm. in, a, in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. So just be, be aware of that if you have small kids. Yeah. Our audience, our audience tonight was interesting. You know, this, this is, uh, I was going to say they're fairly muted compared to like, you know, opening night of other MCU films. Mm. Now, I mean, they certainly laughed, I think, at the appropriate points. But that said, I mean, there, this is not one of those, um, you know, heck yeah kind of movies. This is not an MCU, you know, so the last two, I think Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness definitely had moments in there where the audience was supposed to cheer and clap or whatever. This movie does not have any of those moments. Mm-hmm. This is, and, and I'm fine with that, <clears throat> but it was just a different opening night experience yeah. uh, for an MCU film. I think I heard one person start to clap and then stop pretty quickly. Does nobody else? At the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was uh, was thinking of that (laughs) progressive commercial. I was like, nobody who made the movie is here. Right. (laughs) So, so, yeah. So we saw this movie with our friend Garrett and his wife, Kirsten. Um, They couldn't make it back here to Mashlate the Movie Studios. (laughs) They they have a a young baby and they had to get home and relieve the babysitter. But uh, we did stand out in the parking lot and Garrett shared some of his thoughts. So uh, here we're going to take it back to half an hour ago. And here's Garrett's thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Thanks for inviting me off for this one, Matt. Uh, You know, it's always great to go to a Marvel premiere. A lot less energy in the theater for this one than the past few ones we've been to. But uh, I thought the movie was kind of corny. A lot of the jokes fell kind of flat to me. And uh, it didn't really have the charm I thought Ragnarok had. But um, I, uh, you know, it's not a terrible movie. You know, even the worst Marvel movie is better than a lot of the other, you know, big action movies we've been seeing lately so yeah there's uh, certain things i enjoyed i really liked christian bale's villain i thought uh this is a kind of conflicted villain i like watching but uh yeah overall it just i guess i'm comparing it too much to ragnarok which is almost a perfect movie <laughs> so uh yeah that's uh that's it I, i'm gonna give it a six all right, so that was Garrett and our parking lot choir uh, <laughs> talking about Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. So yeah, so Garrett gives it a six. Uh, what would you give it, Ashley? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. All right, and I would give it an eight. So that makes our score a seven. Uh, it is on the tomato meter. It has a 68% fresh rating so far, which means 68% of critics liked it. And uh, there is an audience score there now uh, with an 87% audience score, meaning 87% of audiences liked it. Uh, so, yeah, it's a seven from us for Thor Love and Thunder. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Going down, I'm rising up.